Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence Tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting daikinloveshouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio mobile unit. Yeah, the mobile studio, as it's been since March. It's been a long time, man. But appreciate you being here with me. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and a little bit sad. It's the last Friday All Access show of the year. Our schedule, all access tonight, Monday, full Monday, Texans Monday, coaches edition, all access at five, and then I'll have one hour of all access, and then that's it from six to seven on Monday, and then we put the 2020 season to bed, which I know all of us would like to do. However, let's have that final, very final glass of milk and maybe a chocolate chip cookie by knocking off the Tennessee Titans How much fun would that be? Now, keep in mind, if you are going to the game or you're going to watch the game, which I hope you do, 325. Kickoff is at 325. This one moved along with the Colts game, trying to balance things out in the league. And I know people have asked me, like, wait, wait, why why are they doing this? What are they doing? Why they move the games? And why these two? Well, they didn't want the... Titans and the Colts playing at the same or at different times so that the Colts would know what the Titans did, the Titans would know what the Colts did, etc. I don't know if the you know, for example, if the let's say the Jags and Colts were playing at noon and the Colts lost, then the Titans would know, hey, they've got the division sewn up. We're just gonna play our backups, save Derrick Henry, and get ready for the playoffs because they just would have won the AFC South. So I don't, first of all, I don't think the Jags are beating the Colts and not a chance in Hades, especially up in Indianapolis, but mm, crazier things can happen like week one in Jacksonville. That said, they wanted to play the games at the same time. So to balance it out, they had to move two games. So that meant they moved ours and the Colts-Jaguars game to 325. Everybody's going to be watching scoreboards. There's no doubt. Everybody's going to be watching scoreboards to see what's going on throughout the league. Everybody wants to know what's happening. Some teams are going to let the scores play in the stadium. The only thing that we know in the AFC right now is that, a well, there are a couple things we know. Number one, we know Kansas City won the AFC West, and Kansas City is the one seed. Number two, we know the Bills won the AFC East. Number three, the Steelers have won the AFC North. That's it. That's all we know. So the only seeding we know is Kansas City at one. So Kansas City gets that coveted bye week. So Patrick Mahomes will sit. Um, but everybody else, we don't even know the seven teams that are in. We know the Steelers are in. We know the Bills are in. We know the Chiefs are in. That's it. Those three. Four of five teams will make it out of Titans, Colts, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns. Now, you could get two from the AFC South. 
And that's what I said we would get at the beginning of the year. I just thought that the Texans would be one of those teams. Uh, it just hasn't gone that way. Uh, flawed team on a number of different levels, and hopefully 2021 is a much different story. But you could get two from the AFC South. You could get one. You could get the Colts uh, in. Uh, the Colts have got to have some things happen. But basically what the Colts need is for us to beat the Titans and the Colts beat the Jags. Colts beating the Jags is a given. I'll just go with that. So that's kind of the playoff update. I'll do predictions for all the games later in the show. That's something to look forward to. I'll also do my first community credit union, first glance, keys to the game, FCCU, the official credit union of your Houston Texans. And as I was going through and looking at what I thought week six, I don't know that how much has changed from week 17. Um, there's still, you got to stop Derrick Henry, but I get into some specifics about some things I've seen the last few weeks that have been disheartening that have got to change, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And in that game in week six, you know, the one thing the Texans did, they created turnovers. JJ had a strip sack that led to a touchdown. Bradley Roby, uh, had that pick that eventually led to a touchdown and the Texans have not gotten turnovers. In fact, here's a little, here's a little factoid for you. The Texans have had 63% of their total turnovers in 2020 in two games. Two against the Titans in Week 6, three against the Lions and Thanksgiving. Going a step further, the Texans had 88% of their turnovers, total, team total for the year, in three games. Week 5, they had two against the Jags. Week 6, they had two against the Titans. And then Thanksgiving weekend... They are Thanksgiving game. They had three. That's it. They had one other turnover in the other in the other Jacksonville game. So the Texans have had turnovers against three teams this year: the Jags, the Titans, and the Lions. The only team outside the AFC South they got a turnover against was the Lions. Uh, we'll get to more of that uh, in our keys to the game later on. But we've got our deep slant one-on-one to look forward to. And that's Keon Crossan. He is a ball of energy and really, really fun to have around. So Keon Crossan is going to jump in. Then our keys. Then. We're going to hear from Brandon Cooks and A.J. Moore, who met with the media on Friday. Then we'll have my predictions, and then we'll close down the show with a double dip of Drew Doherty and Drew's Dozen. Yeah, look at all that alliteration, man. I got it all out there. Drew sits down for his Drew's Dozen with Roderick Johnson, who's played very well at left or right tackle, either one. My guess is he'll play at left um, with some of the news that we got today on the injury report. We'll do that in just a second. But my guess is Rod will play left tackle, Charlie Heckett right. They had some good things the other day, and we need some good things to happen on Sunday. But Rod Johnson for Drew's dozen. And then Drew's final word is also Rod Johnson. So you got a lot of things to look forward to on the show. But we're going to kick it off with our hot reads brought to you by Geico. Go to geico.com, spend 15 minutes at the holidays, and get 15% off your car insurance. It's that simple. Each and every Friday before our game, we hear from Romeo Cronell. Mark Vandermeer had a chance to catch up with the coach after his presser this morning. Here's what he had to say. Coach, we know what happened last time, and you were able to put a lot of points on the board, get a lot of yards, but points more importantly. What can you take away from that first meeting that you might be able to use against the Titans this time? Well, you know, we've been looking at that last game, you know, during the week um, and, and picking out the good things that we think will work, can work, and did work in the past. And so uh, have those in our plan and, and execute those. And then one or two new wrinkles uh, that 
we saw some other teams use that might be uh, valuable for us and then go and, and, and play a good game, put more points on the board and see if we can uh, get that last two yards we needed to win. Coach, it seems like Deshaun Watson is always so level-headed, even-keeled, and you guys have always said that about him. But this week he was asked about what the difference is between this kind of game and if you were going to the postseason. He said, not much. You'd know you'd have that extra week, but he's getting ready for every game unto itself like it's a huge event. Can you speak to his personality and how other guys seem to feed off of that? Well, I think that he is very level-headed, even-keeled, he prepares for every game like you just mentioned. Uh, he prepares for every play, and he plays the next game. Uh, and, and that's his mentality, and that has gotten him this far, and I think that it will take him much further in his career. You were able to run the ball so well last week, Coach, and I know that every week is different, personnel is different that you're facing, but what about the ability to do that, maybe how it could translate it to this week, the way the O-line played despite shuffling guys around, all of that? Well, I think that that gave them uh, uh, some momentum as far as the running game goes. You know, the fact that they were able to execute, we were able to gain the, the amount of yards that we gained last week. And so if we can carry that to this week, I think that that will help our game plan. Uh, and, and help the quarterback as well, because now they cannot pin their ears back and come after him, you know, because they do have to worry about the run. So uh, if we can get that going, and, and I think getting it going is, is important because if, if you get stuffed, you know, on your first run, then that doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence. But uh, so let's say you gain some yards and then you'll call it again and then you gain some more yards and then you can kind of keep calling it, keep mixing it and keep your opponent off balance. You said in the past that one of the keys to slowing down Derrick Henry is making sure he doesn't get that momentum going, get, get off to a good start on each particular run. You got to get to him early. I got to think that still applies, right? Or is there anything else that you want to share with us about uh, being able to stop him or slow him down at the very least? No, I think what we talked about the last time was is is the answer. Don't let him get to the second level. You know, keep him at the line of scrimmage. Don't give him the seams that he can get started in. Uh, and and space, that's the issue. I mean, if, if the offensive line can create, create space for him to get started, now then he gets that momentum going, use his size and speed and stiff arm and all of those things to gain more yards. So if we can kind of pin him in at the line of scrimmage and make him have to stop and chop his feet or and get guys to him, then he doesn't get started and you can keep the yardage down. And then uh, that will help us the most. You had Hilliard back there returning kicks last week. He only got a chance to return one. And when you kick off, Coach, what goes into the thinking, whether you want to kick off short and make them try to return it versus touchback? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Is it a situational thing? Is it dependent upon who's returning the kick? How do you figure all that out? Well, since we're indoors this game, you know, you look at who the returner is uh, and, and what his stats are. Uh, you kind of look at your coverage team and, and think about how you feel about them. You look at your kicker to see what your kicker can do. And then many times it seems like that this year, particularly more teams are kicking the ball into the end zone so that they don't take the chance of anybody returning against them. And they know that your opponent then has to start at the 25-yard line. 
Coach, thanks a lot for the time, and best of luck against Tennessee. Hey, thank you, and Happy New Year. All right, let's get to our final hot read on this Friday, and that is always the status report for this game, and it's not great. Uh, but we kind of expected some of this coming. Out for your Texans. Brent Quality dealing with that concussion. That's the only guy out. Larry Tunsil is actually listed as doubtful. More than likely, that means that he's not playing. I know that's what doubtful means, but I've never seen a doubtful play. Questionable Philip Gaines and Duke Johnson. For the Titans, the only player out is Derek Roberson, the outside linebacker. A.J. Brown is one to watch. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. He's listed as being in. But he got moved to a DNP on Friday, and that's something to obviously watch. But that is your status report for Sunday. Now, a guy that's going to play and play a lot is Keon Crossan, and he joined DP Sidhu, and that's next on Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter and former math teachers. So I have unabashedly supported Toro's math drills, Sponsored by ConocoPhillips for years. You want to bring a little Texas football to your classroom? Oh, man. Toro's Math Drills is the ticket. All you got to do is go to HoustonTexas.com slash Toro's Math Drills, and you're all set. Third and fourth graders are going to learn math. One of the most fun ways you can do it with Texans football. And it's all brought to you by our friends at ConocoPhillips. All right. It's time for our deep slant one-on-one of the week, and this week it could not be with somebody that is more energizing, engaging, fun. Well, DP City was all that, but this week it's Keon Crossan. And so if DP's energy is going to be matched by someone, it's going to be matched by Keon Crossan. He's phenomenal, and he's up right now. Joining me this week on the Deep Slant one-on-one presented by Xfinity, it's cornerback Keon Crossan. Keon, I'm so glad to have you on the last Deep Slant of the 2020 year because especially after the season, things have been so crazy, so up and down, but you have just been a real pleasure to watch on the field this year. How has this season felt for you? I know it's year three. I know it's not the outcome of the Texans record that you wanted, but what about for you personally? How has this season felt for you? You know, first off, it's always a blessing just to play an entire NFL season. Um, that's a hard part in itself, uh, just to get through every game. You know, I've just been, you know, taking the opportunities I've been given, um, along with the work I put in while I was waiting for the opportunity. So I think that's what most people kind of, they fail to realize that, you know, opportunities don't just come. You got to wait for them and wait for them. And, but in that process, you got to work for it, work for it, and continue to work. And that's what I was doing. So when I did get my opportunity, I try to make the best of it. So when I got there, I can not only do well for my teammates and myself, but I can put on the show for, uh, for the fans. Yeah, Romeo Cornell said that. He said that you have gotten better and better every single week. You, you may have made some mistakes, but you always learn from them and you make the most of your opportunities. You lead the Texans in special teams tackles. You had four passes defensed in that Bengals game. It seems like every week you're sort of setting a new career high for yourself. Uh, so let's start with let's start with that Bengals game because I feel like going up against AJ Green that had to have been a tall task for you. What was that like for you, and and what really worked for your game in, in facing a guy like Green? Honestly, I uh, just do my film study. I think that's a really big uh, film study and try to take what coach say from the film study to the practice field um, all week, and then you try to correlate uh, formations. You try to co- correlate uh, 
different route concepts from what you see from practice to the game. So uh, I just try to catch uh, catch jumps on receivers, uh, look at releases, look at different things of footwork. And then, you know, the cornerback position is all about the mastery of the eyes. How good are your eyes? How good are your feet? How good are your hands? And as you know, like some mistakes, like the, uh, yeah, I played some good coverage on him, but like the, the stop and go, um, like on that play, I was definitely thinking he was going to do a curl. I was going to jump and try to pick six it. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's a game of mastering the eye. So, uh, like I say, it wasn't, you know, AJ Green's a great receiver and uh, I got much respect for that guy. And uh, at the end of the day, um, I like challenges. I love challenges and uh, I'm going to accept them, whether it's AJ Green, it could be, you know, uh, Tony Brown, it could be, you know, Stefan Diggs, whoever it may be. Um, I'm going to accept the challenge because that's the kind of competitor I am. I'm like a Pete when I'm in a white and, uh, my standard for myself is out of this world. You know, that game in Cincinnati for me was that was a decent game. I like the things that I'm doing, but I always look for room for improvement. So, you know, the things that you're good at for me, it's my philosophy. The things that I'm good at, I don't harp on it a lot. I look on the, look at the things that I can work on and improve on. And that's why I guess coach say I you know, correct my mistakes. Uh, my mistakes. And that's what I try to do. We saw you mic'd up a few weeks ago as well against the Colts. Um, so a little bit of your personality coming yeah. out on the field. Is that what you're really like on, on the field? Um, just Jesse, a lot of talk, a lot Sunday. of energy. Every single Sunday. Uh, like I said, um, you know, you got to think of a guy like myself. I was always told, oh, you're too small or, you know, uh, you know, you won't make it to the NFL because of this. You come from a D1 AA school. Nobody knows about you. And it's just things like that that you just keep in mind. And, um, you know, I have, I have some coaches tell me, like, you know, you know, I wasn't a cornerback. I was an NFL cornerback. And when I think of that stuff, it drives me. So when I'm on the field, especially on defense, we know we could do on special teams. I get busy on special teams. When I get on the defense, my mindset flips like a whole other switch on because at the end of the day, I'm about to prove why I should be on the field and why I deserve to be on the field and, I, and why I earn my right to be on the field. Um, on defense. And that's what I'm all about. And I'm gonna make sure I show that with my play, not just my talk. I mean, you, you are persistent. I mean, you've come in and you've really made a name for yourself. You've waited for your opportunity. Now you're taking significant snaps. You're, you're starting on defense. You're playing on special teams. Was there somebody along the way? I mean, you, you mentioned the people that had said that you couldn't do it, but was there somebody along the way that really gave you the encouragement or, or sort of gave you that positive reinforcement that, yeah, you know what, you can, you can really make it in this league. Um, yeah, I mean, I had guys like uh, Michael Thomas, you know, Mike T. I always say that's that's my guy. You know, when Bradley Roby, those guys was here, even Will Fuller when he was here, um, DeAndre Hopkins when he was here, you know, all those guys, J.J. Reed, Justin Reed, they, you know, they always just kept me t- keep working, keep working, keep working, and um, your opportunity is going to come. And that's when I was – that's all I kept doing. And, you know, those guys kept, you know, whispering in my ear because at times you get frustrated and you're like, man, why am I not playing, you know, and uh, you, tr- you try to – keep your head up and stay focused. But like I said, I got great teammates. You know, all of, all of us work hard. We work hard as hell, you know, despite what anybody say. We work hard. Nobody comes to try to lose every game. And we just try to do our best to win uh, for the Texans. And, you know, there's some things that may not went right this year. But at the end of the day, we're a family. We stick together and we try to do everything that we can every Sunday to win. And uh, that's, that's what that's the main thing I think my teammates done for me. They just keep encouraging me, kept my head up and – uh when I made plays in practice, we celebrated just like I was a starter. So <laughs> that's what it's all about. Speaking of practice, I read somewhere that back in 2018, 
uh, when you were on the scout team, you they asked you when you were at the Patriots um, to play the role of Deshaun Watson oh. in practice. Is that true? Is that a true story? That is a true story. You? I ran probably about seven reps in a row, I want to say, six or seven reps in a row, just scrambling like Deshaun. <laughs> uh, and I actually knew Deshaun before the NFL. He came up to Western one time and kind of threw to our wideouts and everything because his brother was out of uh, safety. So, okay. yeah, we, I was like, dang, I know that guy. And they asked me to do it. I was like, oh, I'm about to do a lot of running today because this guy, <laughs> he always called me. I mean, you can hear my mic up. I was like, this guy's just a magician. He's a magician. He's magical. <laughs> you were, yeah, and you're mic'd up when you're watching Deshaun on the field. You did say he's a magician. Would you, how was your impression of Deshaun? What would you rate out? Was it pretty you know magical? It, it, he's, 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 he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Um, I mean, this guy, just from seeing his work ethic, the guy studies, the guy comes every day to work. Uh, don't complain about anything. And, you know, he leads. And I think that's what you got to look forward to when you look at a quarterback, you're the leader of the team. Uh, and then you can expect the expectation of his standard of going out every game and playing hard and keeping us in the game, essentially. Uh, we can expect that every week. And, you know, when you got a quarterback like that, you got a chance. And that's all we need is a chance. And uh, like I said, I got much respect for that guy. Shout out to Sean, man. Also, I ate at, ate at his uh, restaurant, Lefty, some good food. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a big fan of Deshaun's. You know who was a fan of yours is Anthony Weaver. You were, he, he was asked about you. <laughs> and he's, he was like, I love that guy. I love Keon. He's got so much hustle. He's got so much energy. And then he also said, you're like a gnat. You know, oh, like wow. a little... Like, I, I guess that he meant that as a compliment to oh, opposing nice, wide nice. receivers. Like you're in their face. Oh, see, dang, I get on his nerves. Hey, no, just kidding. No, I try uh, to what do you, what do you think about when he's, when you find out that he calls you a gnat, but, but in a loving, in the most loving way possible. Oh, I love it. That means, uh, you know, you're irritative. Uh, that means you can be disruptive. Um, and when you look at, like I said, when you look at the defensive back position, you know, everybody looking at you like, Oh, he just got to play, you know, bomb through on him, whatever, 20 yards, whatever. And then like, to me, that doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? It's about the next play, and I'm about limiting the receiver, not completely shutting him down, because I think that's impossible. I mean, these guys get paid millions of dollars. <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, you got to understand, is you know, those guys put on their, their pads as well as I do. So it's about limiting the receiver. You know, I can go a game where, like last game, you know, four receptions, I think like 64 yards, no touchdowns, a good game. T.Y. Hilton, no touchdowns, a good game. You that's know what I mean? Game, yeah. A. Roberts from Chicago is a good game, no touchdowns. That's all I'm about. So at the end of the day, it's about being consistent, limiting your receivers. And that's that's the net I try to be. Um, and if that works within the scheme of our defense to help my teammates and us win, that's what I do. I don't try to do anything more, anything less. I try to help us win to the best of my ability doing my job. All right. Well, you you said that you're not quite where you want to be. So now with the offseason approaching. Yeah. What are some things that you want to get better at, things that you know that you, you're going to start working on once the season's over for you? Um, just consistency and footwork, um, hand placement. Definitely uh, always do judgment drills with the ball. And um, just understanding football better. I think uh, the longer you play this game, the more you learn. Uh, I don't think you can ever stop learning in this game because it's evolving. You know, it's different from back in the 90s and the 80s where you had powerhouse, wishbone, run game. Now you got RPO, pass game, run game mix. You got quarterbacks like Deshaun, Lamar, got, you know what I'm saying? So you got receivers, you know, such as uh, Green and Hill and uh, Keenan Allen. You got guys like that who, you know, change, changing the per perception of the game, become a faster game. So 
Uh, I'm just going to try to perfect my technique, try to get some, get, get with some of the guys like Steph Gilmore and work on my technique and uh, just get better. You think you'll go back east? Yeah, I normally go, go back uh, east and uh, get with some. And how about your guys. masters in theology? Is, is you, you pick up where you left off? Yeah, definitely, definitely, well, definitely. I'm gonna uh, do some do some speeches, uh, go to some churches, and do my thing. So uh, it's gonna be fun. It's definitely gonna be fun. All right, we're looking forward to it. Uh, congrats on on a great season for you, you personally, and uh, best of luck here in this final game and in the off season, Keon. Thank you. I appreciate you. That right there is one of the most interesting people you're going to meet, Keon Crossing from Western North Carolina, a little small town in Western North Carolina. I love his energy, and I think with some additional playing time over the last few weeks at corner, he's shown a thing or two. Now, has he become Deion Sanders? No, but he has shown he will compete, he can run, he can close on the ball. He's shown a few things that you've got to have in a defensive back room, man. You've got to have in this league. You've got to have four, five, six guys that can go out there and cover. And that's the one thing this team did not have this year was enough guys that could run and cover. Not enough. You had the thought going in, Roby, Conley, Gaines, those three. Vernon would play on the inside. John Reed would battle for time on the inside. You had Keon. But, hey, you know, Keon's mainly a special teamer. Out of all that group, Keon Cross has probably played the best this year. So we'll see what happens. But I think the cornerback position is going to be one that new GM head coach look at and go, okay, we've got to start doing some good things at this position or the quarterbacks in this division. Ryan Tannehill, Phillip Rivers, maybe. We'll see what happens with the Colts. Um, and then what Trevor Lawrence is more than likely going to be the Jaguar starting quarterback. These guys are going to light us up. We can't start getting stickier in coverage. And at least Keon's shown some of that. Now, he'll tell you he's got some work to do, but heck, he's only started for a few games. So I hope that Keon Crossing comes back to Houston and has um, a pretty solid uh, 2021 and beyond. All right, we get back. It's time to dive into the keys to the game. The first community credit union, first glance, keys to the game, FCCU, the official credit union of your Houston Texans. I'll do that next on Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Apache Corporation. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation help power cleaner electricity, enable access to food, education, and healthcare, and connect us to those we love. We are committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. That's ApacheCorp.com. Now here's the show. All right, welcome back to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Last Friday, as I've said a few times already, of the year. Appreciate you being with me tonight. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. And it's time for our first community credit union, first glance, keys to the game, week 17. This will be the last. It's actually the first one of 2021, but it's also the last one of 2020. So, yeah, sometimes football calendar year, they all get confused. But either way, it is week 17. It is the Tennessee Titans. And I love to give you my keys to the game. I've been doing this for a long time. This is, I think, the 18th season of doing keys to the game in some way, shape, or form. I used to do them for college games. Still do a little bit on college games. We'll definitely do one on the uh, playoff 
or the uh, championship game for sure in college football. But I love doing it for the Texans. Really fun. Let's me dive deep into this game and kind of become a coach again in some sense, if that makes some sense. So let's get into this. Titans come in 10 and 5. We've mentioned this a few times tonight, but it bears repeating. The Titans at 10 and 5. Four other teams in the AFC are tied at four at 10 and 5. The Colts being another one with the Titans, and then you got the Browns, Dolphins, Ravens. Four of those teams will make the playoffs. Now, there is a way that the Titans can get knocked off and with some other results could find themselves out of the playoffs. Now, it's slim, but I guess really not. If the Dolphins go beat the Bills, which sounds on the surface like, nah, it can't happen, especially with Fitzy out to come close the game if he needs to. But if the Dolphins beat the Bills, you don't know what the Bills are going to do. I mean, the Bills... Sean McDermott's been very sly about how he's treating this game. The Bills win. The Bills move to the number two seed. So the only thing that really changes for the Bills is whether they, and this could be big, for a divisional playoff round, if they win the first round, obviously, would they go to Pittsburgh or have Pittsburgh come back to Buffalo? So that would be the only thing. So the Bills may rest some starters. So if the Colts win, which they're going to, and the Dolphins do win because the Bills are resting starters, and the Texans win, then you could have the Titans on the outside looking in. So, either way, let's get into the keys to this game. This is the only one we control, in some sense. So, let's get into it, and let's start with the Titans' offense. Average is 160.1 yards per game. That's second in NFL. Now, when I first did this, back in week six, the Titans were not running the ball at that clip. We expect them to be second in the league. This is what you would expect the Titans to be. So that running game's gotten better. As a result, the passing game, I don't say it's gotten worse, but it's not been as effective. It's averaging 230 yards per game. That's 21st in the NFL. They've relied a little bit more on Derrick Henry and a little less on the passing game. Now, we know what both can do. When you put them together, that's 390.1 yards per game. That's fifth in the NFL. They've only lost 11 turnovers. I'm going to get to why that's important in a second. One of the reasons it's important because the Titans have played eight one-score games. They're six and two in those games. And if you're not turning the ball over, you got a great, great shot. So let's get into the keys against the Titans offense. And obviously, number one is the same key it was last time. And I gave it the title, Kill the Engine, Part 2. However, this in stopping Derrick Henry is a little bit beyond just making the tackles and making a tackle on Henry. Look, that's one of the biggest aspects. And there's so many pieces that go to slowing Derrick Henry down. And the first piece is, hey, you have to play the defensive call. You have to play the call. You can't just go make stuff up. And you can't get out of turn with the defense. Well, I thought it was... No, you play the defensive call. That's not something the Texans did very well last week against Cincinnati. Second part, B. You've got to get off blocks. Now, I'm going to save that one because I'm getting to that in a little bit. You also see, or three, depending on how I started, you've got to be gap disciplined. The 94-yard run for Derrick Henry in week six was solely the result of Texans up front 
Six guys doing a job, one guy not. I don't know what was going on. But when a linebacker jumps behind three same color jerseys and leaves the B-gap wide open on the backside, guess who's going to find it? Derek Henry. And he did. So he gets to the third level unabated, and now he's one-on-one with Eric Murray. And look, I'm not expecting many safeties in the league to make a one-on-one tack on Henry. Now, I would like to see a little better effort, but what are you going to do? Once he gets to the second, third level unabated with nobody, I mean, it's forget it. And it was 94 yards to the house. So this front seven has got to play the call. they got to violently get off blocks. I'm going to get to that in a second. Then they got to make sure that they're maintaining their gap discipline. Then they have to tackle Henry. I mean, that's a lot. That's a mouthful, right? But that's what you have to do. That's what you're asked to do. And guess what? You don't have to put the pads on until, uh, I don't know, what, July? Late July? So what do you got to lose in playing as physically imposing as you can possibly play? So that's number one. Kill the engine, part two. Number two, maintain the zero. Now, in a rare, weird thing, Corey Davis, who has had a fantastic year, has 60 receptions and 945 yards, and he had that going into the Green Bay Packers game, which if you do the math, if he had it going into the Green Bay game and he still has it now, that means that he didn't catch a pass against Green Bay? That's right. He didn't catch a pass. Corey Davis' star has risen in his fifth, uh, 17, 18, 19, 20. His fourth year in the league, it was, I would think, a slam dunk that Corey Davis was going to end up being a big-time player. And it just didn't happen until this year. He really started showing it. I mean, 60 catches for 945 yards, that's a darn good average. That's a really good average. If I'm doing my math, uh, one, three, four, five, almost, that's almost 16 yards per catch. That's pretty good. However, the Packers goose egged him. Nothing. He only had two targets, no catches. There are so many different weapons on this Titans offense. That's not totally surprising that one of them would end up with a goose egg. You know Henry's going to get his carries. You know that John Smith's going to get some. You know A.J. Brown's going to get some. But the fact that Corey Davis had zero, the Texans have got to maintain that zero this week for Corey Davis. Now, the Texans didn't see him last time because he was dealing with COVID issues. So they will see him, and I would imagine they're going to try and feed him early and often. That being said, defensive backs, get up on him, hug him, give a little bit of help over the top, try and take away some of those easy targets. They're going to try and steal five, seven yards with speed outs, little snag routes, things like that. Hug up on him. Maintain the zero this week, please. Number three, and this kind of goes back to number one. One and three are sort of tied together. But number three is, to me, much more important on this level. You make a, as a defender, you make a conscious decision. This is my role in this play. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is my responsibility. I'm going to play that responsibility. I'm going to know where I'm going to line up, and then I'm going to play my responsibility. Then after that, it's the physical part. Now, you're an NFL player, so you should make tackles. I don't want to say easily, but you you should make tackles. One I didn't put in here. One I didn't put in here. But you can't throw a shoulder in Derrick Henry and think he's going down. You can't throw a shoulder into Samaj P. Ryan and think he's going down. No. You have to wrap up. It isn't sexy. It doesn't get you on Sports Center. But who gives a damn? Make a tackle. Which leads me to this one. Number three, violently get off blocks. Now, there's no, I didn't make a little cute little like maintain the zero, kill the engine. Like I, Violently get off blocks. There's the verb. 
and that's telling you what to do violently. I guess that's the adverb. Get off blocks. The Texans up front, especially lately, have allowed way too many offensive linemen to just stay on blocks. They do not violently get off blocks. They do not stack and shed as if their life depends on it at all. Guys just kind of jump to the side and like, oh, I'm in the gap. No, you're not. You're not doing anything. Violently use hands, length, power, leverage, all of that. Every single play, get off blocks violently. The only guy that does it up front with any consistency is JJ. And the only other guy I would say right now is doing it is Big Z. He's, I mean, and he's only played like two games. That's kind of his thing, though. But you have to, no matter what your thing is, you have to violently get off a block at all times. Or Henry's going for 200 large again and getting to 2K all in the same game. You'll lose. He gets to 2K. He has over 230-something rushing yards, and they're going to the playoffs when the AFC South in your house. So when you think of that, I want you to think about what you need to do getting off blocks. So that's number three. Number four. Don't let Tannehill be the Titans' second-leading rusher. That's pretty straightforward, too. Last week was a perfect example why. You get lulled in. Hand off Henry. Hand off Henry. Hand off. Oh, here's a hand off Henry. Oh, no, it's zone read. And he pulls it, and he goes 45 yards for a touchdown. And that was all the Packers falling asleep, just lulling them to sleep, lulling them to sleep, lulling them to sleep. And then Tannehill pulled it, and the Packers were like, whoa, there he goes. Yeah, and he's fast. He's athletic. And he gets himself in the end zone. And it was a play that could have turned a game in which the Titans had no business being in the game, but yet they were because Tannehill was making some plays. And that was a big one. And especially if you start to kind of slow down the passing game a little bit, which hopefully you do, you can't let him pull it out and then do something to get him some confidence. You don't have to worry about the snow. He's going to play in a nice environment. Roof, I would imagine, is going to be open on the on. You know, on the grass, no snow. I mean, it's going to be a perfect environment. He's going to be able to pull it at some point. You've got to make sure that you're reading your keys and you do not allow him to pull it on zone read. You're not there. And I guarantee, I guarantee you, they will catch the Texans sleeping. Hopefully they wake up enough to not make him the second leading rusher. That, okay, you got us on that one. That's a three-yard gain. Okay. Hopefully that's it. You can't give a 45-yard zone read pull for a touchdown. That can't happen. Read keys, violently get off blocks, and then kill the engine of both Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Number five, please get a turnover. I've talked about this earlier in the show. I'm not going to do it again. Please get a turnover. We have not had an interception in Houston this year. Not a, I mean, what? Please get a turnover. All right, let's get over to the off, the defensive side of the ball for the Titans. They're 19th in the NFL, giving up 123 yards per game on the ground. They're 28th in the NFL, giving up 272 through the air. And they're 29th in the league, giving up 394.3 yards per game. Remind me, Mike Vrabel is a defensive coach. Oh, yeah, one of the things Vrabel did do when he played, he got turnovers. The Titans have generated 22 turnovers, 14 interceptions, and 8 fumble recoveries. They're plus 11 in turnover margin. That's tied for best in the NFL. And you wonder why the offense is doing what it's doing. They've gotten 22 extra possessions. So, if you want to do the math on that, they're plus 11 in turnover margins. That means they've had 11 more than they've given up because of the 11 turnovers they've got. 11, I mean, give an extra possession to the Titans. You can't do that. You cannot give an extra possession. 
uh, to the Titans. So let's look at the defense. Number one, attack. What's there to lose? You're going to lose the game? Go for it on fourth downs. Find a flea flicker again in the deepest recesses of the playbook. Go up tempo throughout the game. Do any and all of the above. And attack this weak, bleak defense. This is a horrid defense on the other side. 29th in the league. Go at them. Number two, do not be stubborn about giving help when needed. In that game against the Bengals, Charlie Heck was out there and the Bengals, you knew were going to pass rush. And look, Charlie did a pretty decent job. Rod did a pretty decent job. But you can't allow them to just be one-on-one the whole game going, ah, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. No. You've got to give some help when needed. And you might need that help, especially in the fourth quarter when you know you've got to throw. If you've got to take a guy out of the route, okay. But leave it back in there to at least chip and help a little bit. That could have helped on that in that situation down the stretch. Give help when needed. Number three, Big Z isn't just a Texans rookie. And here's what I mean by that. Well, you know Big Z. He's number 98, big dude in the middle, doing some good things for this defense, and hopefully they've got a little bit of a gem with him. But Big Z, the Z stands for zone. And I think one of the things about this offense this year is – They've obviously wanted to be multiple. I think Tim's done a really good job. I mean, look, the numbers tell you that. The run game has been abysmal. But part of the reason the run game has been abysmal is they've tried different things in the run game that just don't really fit for David Johnson. But the zone game does. And the big Z stands for zone. Run the zone game. Whether it's David staying on the track and banging it, whether it's him bouncing, uh, whether it's him bouncing outside, maybe get some yards, or bending it back. That's actually what David does best. Bend those runs back behind the center. But you got to run the zone game to do it. He's not a great fit in the gap scheme. He's not a great fit in, in duo, all that kind of stuff. He is great in the zone game. So run zone. Who cares if they know it's coming? Force them to stop it. And we'll get to why number five is important in a second. But big Z is for the zone game. Flourish in it and run it all game long. Number four, cooking with Brandon. Yeah, that's right. Brandon Cooks has been amazing this year. And look, I know when that trade was made, oh, he gave up the 57 pick for Brandy Cooks. And you can argue whether that was the right move or not for the 2020 season, it was. Brandy Cooks Cooks has been phenomenal. With 16 receiving yards, he's going to hit the 1,000-yard mark for the first time since 2018. If they could have gotten him incorporated into the offense earlier, like if they'd had preseason games, maybe worked on a little bit more, then maybe he's at that point or beyond. But he's also been the consummate professional in this offense consummate when he has been needed to just blow the top off the defense to open things up on shallows or crossers behind him he's done it when he's had to make big catches he's done it he also gave the titans some fits nine catches for 68 and a touchdown uh in that last game against tennessee he finds open holes in zones he beats man coverage brandon cooks is a big factor for this offense whether he's catching it or whether he's actually a decoy on the play and number five and most importantly Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. It's one final time to see number four play this game. And that's special. It really is special. And I don't want to make too much out of it, but I do. Because I think it's like, well, let's get on to 2021 and, and all that kind of stuff because we've got great games in 2021. Yeah. But 
you know, there are going to be a lot of people, unfortunately, don't get a chance to see Deshaun in 2021. They This might be the last time they get to see him for different reasons. They move out of the city of Houston. Um, something happens medically. I mean, who knows? The fact is, you got to appreciate the now. And the now is Deshaun Watson playing the best season he's ever played. Maybe college, high school, and pro. He's been phenomenal this year. And you get a chance to see him. And against the Titans, it's special to see him. And against the Titans, the last two times he's played in... 17 and 18, he's lit them up like a Christmas tree. And I'm hoping for one last opportunity to do that against the Tennessee Titans. All right, that's our first community credit union. First glance, keys to the game. And that ends our first hour of the show. We got one more coming. And that means we're going to start the second hour with a little bit of audio jukebox. Brandon Cooks and A.J. Moore style. We'll have their pressers from today in their entirety next right here on Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans All Access. We got one hour down, one hour left to go right here on a Friday edition of Texans All Access. Our last All Access edition before the final game of the year. Our last Friday All Access show of the season. And I'm your host, as I have been for the last seven seasons on this Friday night. John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. Glad to be with you. And it's time to kick off this hour with a little bit of presser. Yeah as in press conferences. Brandon Cooks, we talked about him in our keys to the game in the previous segment. He had a chance to meet with the media today, and he was first asked what it would mean for him to hit a receiving milestone, that being 1,000 yards this year. You know, I think about stuff like that sometimes, but at the end of the day, I think it's just important from aspect to uh, show consistency, um, but never putting that above the team. You know, just blessed to be in that opportunity to have that chance. And so... Yeah, just got to just work, and that's what I'm continue to work for, to just finish this thing strong overall. Is there a moment either on the field or maybe a discussion you had with Deshaun where you felt like the two of you kind of clicked this year? Yeah, I mean, I think I think about throughout practice, but then I also think about some game situations um, that I think just with time, little things, you know, we're starting to gel more and more, um, and just the room that we, we have to continue to grow together. Uh, you know, it's pretty exciting to me. When you look at the situation right now where you've had a productive season, but you don't have any guaranteed money left on your contract, and the team is in need of draft capital, is there any concern at all about whether you could be traded for a fourth time? That's a good question. I mean, concern, you know, no. um, You know, for me as a guy who's been traded multiple times, um, you know, for first-round picks and and produced at a high level, I don't think about that. Um, I understand that. You know, we're in a u- unique situation. For me, you know, Ford is a special player, and I will continue to love to, to grow with him. Um, but as far as the team think, you know, they could trade me for draft capital, uh, I would caution to think twice because, quite frankly, I'm not going to accept any more trades. Uh, and so for me, if you want me off your team, you're just going to have to let me walk and uh, choose my destination. For me, I got a newborn son at home, and he's looking for someone to set an example so I think it's for me starting to stand firm when it comes to my career. Um, but when it comes to playing here and playing with Deshaun, you know, I would li- love to continue that growth. Uh, but that's out of my hands. You know, that's, those are decisions that I don't make. Um, and we we'll hope that the team see the growth that we've been having um, and continue to just, you know, show that commitment and grow uh, over the over the years. Would you be interested in signing a contract extension that would give you that guaranteed money? Uh, you know, that's something that I'll, you know, let my agent handle. But like I said, for me, I would love to continue to, to grow with Deshaun um, and have that commitment, however that looks. Uh, I don't I don't I don't get into that. I leave that to 
my agent and the team. But uh, playing with a guy like that, I mean, who wouldn't want to play with a quarterback like Deshaun, you know? Brandon, if I heard you right, you said you would not accept any more trades. Is that what you said? Absolutely. Well, can you tell me when you, how you how you reached that conclusion? You just you, what would you retire? What would you what would you do in that situation? I mean, without going into any more, that's just how I feel. Um, I'll leave that to you know everything else to work out for itself. But no need to get in specifics. When you when you first came here, you had your uh, thoughts about Deshaun Watson. How have they changed since you played with him? this year? I wouldn't necessarily say change. It's just, I think they've just grown more. Um, now playing with him, um, seeing how special he is actually out there with him. You know, I, I used to see it from film, but to be able to experience it firsthand, uh, all it does is just excite me more this whole season. Brandon, when you look at your season and you know, some of the progressions you've made, how do you feel about yourself in this offense? Do you feel like it, it suits you well and you feel like pretty comfortable now that you've had all this time with Deshaun, like you said to Sarah, you built some timing and some chemistry over the course of this season. Yeah, absolutely. I feel great about, you know, uh, playing in this offense. I think there's so much more room to continue to grow together, not just me, but just all of us as a whole. Um, you know, you think about not having the off season, you know, not having time to really gel. Uh, we didn't have that opportunity as a team, especially with new guys. And, you know, hopefully we get to have that opportunity and, um, uh, I think there's so much more room to grow in, in a great way. This will be the, the last game where this configuration is together. They're going to hire a new coach, new general manager. Yeah. Ideally, you've played for a lot of guys. You've played for some really uh, great coaches like Bill Belichick and Sean Payton. What do you look for in a leader as far as the coach you would like to play for, ideally? Hey, you know, that's a great question. I, I've never got into that that thought just because that's, that's not something that's on my decision. You know, you trust Mr. McNair and, um, and his team to be able to make that right decision. I think he's such a smart man that he knows what his team need, and whatever he does, you just got to trust him. And as far as this last game, there's nothing at stake for you guys in terms of you know, any stakes uh, that are tangible, but intangibly, what is the mood of the team? What are, how do you guys kind of attack this game? And you could obviously disrupt some things for the Titans. Is that something that all that you guys point toward and say, hey, let's uh, try to go out strong in that matter? I mean, you look at the team, anytime you got an opportunity to go out there and play in the National Football League, you don't take it for granted. So guys are flying around all week excited and, uh, you know, working hard. And, and that's what you expect from the team. You know, millions of people love to be in this position. And so what you try to do is just finish it out strong um, and do the best that you can uh, to, do, to beat it for your team. Hey, Brandon, you mentioned a couple of times you feel like there's a lot more that this offense could continue to grow into and do. Do you feel like you've even seen some of that over the last, you know, six, ten weeks with Tim, his play calling, creativity, yeah. finding yeah. opening for everybody? Yeah, Tim has been, been growing in that aspect. You know, um, I think that's just because he has to get to know his players. You know, he was put in a position that was just right off the bat. Uh, but the more and more that he got to experience time with his players, I think he's starting to understand what people's strengths are um, and, 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 you know, doing a great job of, of play calling in that aspect. Um, he's continuing to grow, so it's been fun to watch. Considering there are probably going to be a lot of changes with the coaching staff, would that still be a possibility for a new staff to have things in place if the offseason is more normal? Uh, that's a question for, you know, Deshaun. That's a question for, you know, Kyle and whoever else is in charge of that. Just, I stay out of that part. Happy New Year's, guys. All right, there he is, Brandon Cooks. I mentioned him in my keys to the game and how valuable he has been to this offense. 
this year. And I know there's a lot of talk there about the future and what it's going to be. And that's reasonable. And I think he understood that. I would love to be able to bring bring Brandon Cooks back. And I know people are like, oh, draft capital, draft this, draft that. Like, uh, listen, I, I understand that more than anyone. But you have a very productive, you got a guy that's going to probably end up 70, 70 catches, 72 catches, somewhere in that range, over 1,000 yards, still runs extremely well, really good in the locker room, somebody Deshaun really trusts, no matter what the offense is going to be next year. I know you don't get that quite in a rookie, and I know you, oh, you got to get younger, but man, I don't know how you can move forward. And and look, he, this man, this is a conversation for probably a, a better time, I guess, than, than going into the last game. But as it pertains to Brandon Cooks, I think some of it depends on can you bring Will Fuller back or not. I think Cooks has been fantastic this year. He's been great for the organization. He's been great for Deshaun. I think he's been very valuable in that regard. And I would love to be able to bring him back. The business of football gets in the way in some sense. But I think that Brandon Cooks coming back would be a really good fit. And here's the thing with receivers as we head into two things. Number one, the free agent class is bonkers. There are free agent receivers all over the map. My point with that is... If you're not able to bring Will Fuller back, you've got opportunities to go out and sign a guy. Now, you've got to do some cap work as it is. So you're going to free up some cap room so you'll have an opportunity to maybe sign a receiver, maybe re-sign Will um, and bring them back. If you bring back Fuller and Cooks, you know you got Randall Cobb under contract. You know what Kiki QT has done. Your receiving core is going to be pretty solid um, at that point. Um, but, again, decisions have to be made. It's going to be a new GM coming in, new head coach. They're going to make those decisions together and move this thing in a positive direction, I personally would hope that Brandon Cooks is part of it because he is and has been an asset. From that Minnesota game forward, he's been an unbelievable asset. The Minnesota game is such a... I don't even... Why he would have no completions in that... Anyways, that's going back over that. But you get the point. Brandon Cooks has had a really phenomenal season, and hopefully he will stay here with the Houston Texans. Now, another guy that's had a really solid season this year, stepping in in a number of different roles, and that's A.J. Moore. And I contend his injury at Pittsburgh when he pulled his hamstring was as difficult an injury to handle, not only for him, but for this defense. They really missed having A.J. Moore for a significant stretch of time. And he sat down with the media today answered a number of different questions on all kinds of things, including this one against the Titans. Last game of the year, it's been a tough year. What's the mood around the locker room as you head into this one, trying to finish the year on a good note? Oh, um, I mean, really to just go out, you know, together and to go out strong. Um, everybody is, is, you know what I'm saying, ready to go in and just give everything we got uh, and put it all on the line one last time for each other. You know, it's a crazy business, so this may be the last time that this specific group We'll be together, so we're just going to go out with a bang. When you think about your season, uh, what growth do you see in yourself? At, you know, playing more on defense. What are some of the uh, things in your game that you feel like you improved on this year? I've learned so much, man. Um, especially at the safety position, um, and of course on special teams as well. Um, but uh, and most importantly, uh, I need to treat my body better. I learned that I missed a couple games, but so I definitely know that I need to treat myself a little better and um, and just continue to move forward. 
AJ, um, an obvious question. What are the challenges of dealing with Derek, uh, with uh, Henry over there, their running back? I mean, he's one of the best backs in the game, man. But we're all just, uh, you know, he's a big target. So we just have to gang tackle him, man. Everybody get to the ball and just uh, play the Texan defense like we know how to. I know it can be kind of a cliche-ish, but you know what this game means to them is can it be like a playoff game for you guys in terms of what y'all trying to do here? Oh, for sure. Uh, I think it's uh, if we beat them, they may not make the playoffs. So we're definitely going into this game pumped and want to knock them out. Hey, AJ, uh, Mark just asked about uh, Henry, but what about their their pass catchers? You know, what's the challenge on you as a safety when you're in the game and, and you've got guys like, you know, Smith and, and Brown and Davis? Oh, well, most importantly, I just want to uh, have great range back there. Uh, try to protect all my guys over top. And then if I do get a shot on them, I just want to come down and, and be a, a really good tackler. And that's pretty much it. And then just a moment ago, you mentioned you got to take care of your better, take better care of your body. What else? I know you got a game still, but once the season ends, what do you try to accomplish in those first few months before you get back into the facility? What are you trying to work on? What are you doing just in general? Well, uh, specifically for me, it would be a lot of stretching, um, uh, massages, um, you know, and a lot of cold tub, hot tub, contrasting, um, you know, and uh, just a lot of different things, man, that I that I specifically need for my body. Hey, AJ, with what you've been able to do here so far, I know you'll have a new coach and they'll, they'll hire a new general manager, but how much is it somewhere you'd like to play long term, uh, regardless of whoever's, you know, running things. Is this, is this where you'd like to be and would you like to eventually sign a long-term deal? There is no other place I would want to be. Uh, I love Houston. Um, you know, like I was saying, how crazy this business is. I hate that, you know, people may have to leave and things like that. But I love the, the staff that we had and, and everyone that contributed. But um, I love it here in Houston and I want to be here. And I would love to, to get a, a, deal, a long-term deal done with these guys. AJ, what can you say about what it's been like these last, what, uh, 12 weeks, 13 weeks playing for Romeo? It's been amazing, man. Um, you know, he, he always comes in. Oh, well, you know, this year is kind of different with the Zoom meetings and everything. But um, he's always bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That's that's the term he likes to use. And that pretty much explains him best. Um, he gets the best out of all of us. Um, just, you know, a, a real genuine guy. And you got to love that. You want to play for someone like that. And uh, we love him here. There is A.J. Moore, safety for your Houston Texans. And he obviously in a little different situation than Brandon Cooks. But A.J. coming up on a year where a long-term contract is hopefully in the offing. I would love to be able to keep A.J. here. If you remember, A.J. was claimed off waivers in 2018 and came to the Texans, and each and every year, he has just added a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. First year, he was strictly special teams. Last year, his second year, um, he became a little bit more. You started seeing him involved in the defense a little bit more, blitzing a little bit more, making some big plays in the pass rush, and then this year, really expanded his role, full-on safety work out on the field, doing some sub-linebacker stuff. I mean, he's been all over the place, and I think he would be a great piece Got the energy that you're looking for, the positivity. I mean, he's got, you know, captain-like qualities, and he is really fun to have around the building. So there he is, A.J. Moore and, of course, Brandon Cooks. Now, there's a full weekend of games, a full slate on Sunday. I'm going to predict them all straight up against the spread next right here on Texans All Access. All Access.
is All Access. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence Tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting DaikinLovesHouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter and master prognosticator of NFL games. Love to do this segment where I look at each and every game and then at the end I make a prediction straight up and against the spread. I love doing it. My, I think my record, I checked the other day, it was 96.342% using significant digits just two it's 96 percent and you got to round down but what are you going to do i've been phenomenal in this segment all year <laughs> i hope you know i'm joking um man nfl games i don't know how anybody makes a living at all picking games straight up or against the spread i look there's sometimes i can tell you man i think the Texans. i think the texans are oh, the game against the Colts, the second game against the Colts, just played lousy against the Bears. You're going up there. They've got to win. I'm like, man, we might get housed. And we're two yards away from winning that daggum game. Anyways, I don't know how you make a living doing this thing. But I love to talk about the NFL. This is a great way to do it, especially with games all weekend long. The first weekend of 2021 on Sunday. Here we go. Games at noon. Here we go in Buffalo, New York. Dolphins taking on the Bills. Now, the Bills can do no worse than the second or third seed. They could win, and I think winning gets them the second seed. Losing the third seed depends on what happens with Pittsburgh. We'll get to them in a second. But I think the game that Dolphins and Bills fans will be watching, and the Bills fans in particular will be watching that Brown-Steelers games, the Dolphins just need a win. The Dolphins need a win to get in the playoffs. They got a miracle win against the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas weekend. I think it was the Saturday, the day after Christmas. It was just an unbelievable ending. I mean, incredible. However, the man that orchestrated that ending will not play because he tested positive for COVID. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic, not in the building. Dolphins are going to have to rely on the rookie, Tua Tungabailoa, to go to Buffalo in the weather. Mind you, Tua from Hawaii playing against Buffalo. It's going to be a weather situation. I don't know that Tua's faced one this year that I can think of. I think the Bills win this thing. Now, I do question whether the Bills will play everybody. That's kind of a concern. The Steelers are not, and maybe that changes the Bills' thinking because as long as the Bills and the Steelers finish with the same record, whether it's 12-4 and or 13-3, the Bills will be the higher-seeded team. I just don't know that the Bills are going all out, but I don't like a rookie from Hawaii at quarterback against the Buffalo Bills in early January. For that reason, the Bills are a three-point favorite. I'm going to lay the three, take the Bills, and they're going to cover that three. 
and that's going to knock the Dolphins out. The Dolphins have had um, some moments this year where you go, man, no way. Should no, that should never have happened. That Las Vegas, that this, they shouldn't even be in this conversation. But they are because of Fitzpatrick, and he's not there. And because he's not there, Bills win, Bills cover. Ravens, Bengals. Bengals playing out the string, but they've won two in a row. Beat the Steelers, beat us. And the Ravens are 10 and 5. The Ravens are playing much better. They're healthier. Well, that COVID nonsense in the middle of the year really slowed their mojo down, but they've kind of gotten it back on track. 10 and 5, need a win. Absolutely without question, need a win at Cincinnati. Baltimore's favored by 13. I don't know if I love that number. That 13 seems high, especially with Bengals playing a little bit better. The Bengals are going to give up a lot of points, and the Ravens' defense is much better than the Texans. So I think the Ravens are going to win this thing by a couple touchdowns. That'll cover the 13 to take Ravens to win and cover the 13. All right, that Steelers-Browns game is also a noon kick. The Browns have got to have it. The Browns need it badly. They've got to have it to get to 11-5. Even at 11-5, they might not get in. Steelers are going to play Mason Rudolph at quarterback. So the Steelers are sort of saying, I don't know. I don't know how many players for the Steelers are actually going to play. This one's taking place in Cleveland. And if you remember the last time the Steelers played in Cleveland, it was a full-on brawl started with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Maybe they'll shake hands, kiss makeup, whatever the case might be. Browns are favored by nine. I don't know if I love that nine. I do think the Browns are going to win. They're going to eke this one out. They're going to get in at 11-5 to the playoffs, I believe. But they're not going to cover that nine. Mason's going to keep it close enough. This is going to be 21-14. to Steelers lose. Browns win. But Steelers cover that nine. Another noon game. This one has no bearing on anything. Vikings-Lions. They even played these two teams. They're finishing with a combined 11-19 record. We beat one, we lost the other, and the Vikings are only as good as Dalvin Cook takes them. Unfortunately, Dalvin Cook will not play in a really unfortunate incident. His father passed away. So Dalvin, his brother James, who plays at the University of Georgia, neither one of them playing this weekend. They're down in South Florida. And for that reason, you know what? I'm going with the Vikings to win. They're going to play hard for Dalvin. And a seven-point spread, I don't know if I love that, but the Lions were such a mess last week. I'm going to go with the Vikings to win this thing on the road and cover that seven. Jets taking on the Patriots. Another one that really just doesn't matter at noon. Patriots are a three-point favorite at home. Jets have won a couple in a row. Cam, this could be the last one. It could be Jared Stidham. Nobody knows. I'm going to take New England in a very close game. 21-17. That's enough to cover the three. Let's go Patriots to win and to cover that small spread over the Jets. Jets, number two pick in the draft. Cowboys-Giants, all right, here we go, noon game. And this one is going to matter if and only if the Sunday night game, the Eagles beat the Washington football team. This one will not matter if the Washington football team beats the Eagles. It's that simple. Both the Cowboys and Giants need to win and then have the Eagles beat Washington. If Washington wins, Washington wins the NFC East. Washington will win it at 7-9. Eh, some people thought 6-10 and 10 or even 5-11 and 11 was in play. 7-10. Oh, man, is there a way that... Uh, is there a way that 6-10 could win that division? Maybe. Maybe. If the Giant, I think if the Giants, Giants win, that'll put Cowboys-Giants both at 6-10, and 10, and then the Washington team loses that 6. Yeah, 6-10 six could get in. Okay, that's lousy. That's lousy. But either way, we'll talk about Giants-Eagles a little bit, or Washington football team Eagles a little bit. Giants-Cowboys, I don't trust either one of these teams, but the Cowboys are playing much better. 
And Dallas is favored by three on the road. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win this thing. Joe Judge and the Giants fall to 5-11. and 11. It's about where they probably should be. They need another draft or two to really get to a point where they're going to think about winning 9-10 games a year. Cowboys win and cover the three. And I'll save the drama for who wins the NFC East when we talk about the Sunday night game. Falcons and Buccaneers. Bucks are favored by 6.5 at home. I'm a little curious as to why that number is so low. Maybe it's because the Falcons have just completely tripped all over themselves this year. All over themselves this year. It's been a nightmare to watch. The Bucs are going to win this thing. They'll win it by more than six and a half. The Bucs will move to 11 and five, but they won't win the division because the Saints have already locked that up because the worst the Saints can do is finish 11 and five, and they beat the Buccaneers twice and have all the tiebreakers. But the Bucs can get that number five seed, which is huge because then they'll travel to either the Giants, the Cowboys, or the Washington football team. The Bucs will be favored by a touchdown in any one of those scenarios. In any one. All right, let's get to the Packers and the Bears. Oh, man, this one's got a lot. This is a 325 game. This is the start of our 325 games. I mean, red zone is going to be cranking through the noon games. 325. If the Packers win, the Packers clinch number one seed in the uh, NFC. That'll put them at 13-3. and three. Nobody else can get to 13-3. and three. Packers win number one seed in the NFC. Packers also then would keep the Bears out of the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think that would, that would definitely knock them out with a loss. I don't think the Bears can get in at 8-8 eight and eight because either the Cardinals will win or the Rams will win, and that'll, the Bucs are already in. The Rams, I think, would be in. Maybe the Bears can get in with a loss. I don't think so, though. So we're going to go with that. Bears have to win in Chicago. Packers playing for seemingly more because they're playing for the number one seed in a bye. I'm going to roll with Aaron Rodgers playing as well as he did against the Bears the first time. The Bears are hotter. I think Mitchell makes it a little bit more difficult. I think this this feels 28-24 Packers to spread six. That means I'm going Packers to win, Bears to cover. Packers get the number one seed. Bears get bounced from the playoffs, if my math is correct. And that's how that one's going to go. Raiders taking on the Broncos. I don't think anything's on the line in this one. So we're going to go with the Raiders on the road to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They will beat Vic Fangio's bunch by more than two-and-a-half. Jags and Colts. Colts are favored by 14. That's not enough. Colts are going to win this thing by 28. Eh, 21. That's a little rich. They'll win by 21, so they'll win and cover. And with the win, now the Colts at that point are scoreboard watching, in particular down in Houston. They'll know what happened with the Browns. They'll know what happened with the Ravens and the Dolphins. So the Colts are going to know, hey, they just got to take care of their business. But if the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Ravens all win, the Colts have to have Tennessee get beat by us. So that's that dilemma. All right, Chiefs taking on Chargers. The Chargers are favored by three and a half in Kansas City. I know the Chiefs are going to be resting players. I just don't think that even at that point I can lay the three and a half. I'll take the Chargers, but I think the Chiefs will keep it close. It'll be within three points. The Chiefs will lose to go to 14-2. and two, Still number one seed in the AFC. Chargers move to 7-9. and nine. That becomes important because, and this is why we got to pay attention to the Raiders game too, 
Because if the Raiders finish 8-8, eight eight, the Raiders will finish second in the AFC West. Chargers will finish third with a 7-9 record. That means we will take on the Chargers at home in 2021 as the third-place matchup teams. So the third-place matchup teams, and, and we don't know who will be in the AFC North because the Ravens and the Browns right now are both 10-5, and five, so we'll have to figure that one out. But a little bit easier in the AFC West. If Raiders win, they're 8-8, eight eight, they're second place. Chargers win, they're 7-9. That would be the team the Texans would take on. They'll win, but they won't cover that three and a half. Get the Chiefs to cover inside that three and a half. Cardinals, Rams in LA. Rams nine and six. They'll be starting John Wolford at quarterback. If you don't know who John Wolford is, well, that's not too surprising. I know who he is because he played at Bishop Kenny High School, and that was a school that I worked at for a year. It was our rival when I coached at a different school. I'm hoping he plays well. He also went to Wake Forest, but. I think it's going to be enough. I think he's going to do enough. I think Aaron Donald and the Rams defense do enough. I think the Rams will win this thing. Cardinals fall to 8-8. Eight and eight. Rams get a win, upset win, I guess, at home. Man, they're going to be kicking themselves for that Jets game if they lose this thing. But they'll finish 10-6 and get in the playoffs and finish second in the NFC West. Speaking of NFC West, Seahawks taking on the 49ers in Arizona. They're still doing that thing, I believe. Seattle's favored by 7 Seattle wins this, gets a little bit of help from the Panthers and the Bears, and there's a possibility that Seattle could be the number one seed in the NFC. I don't know if I'll go that far. I think because I said earlier, the Packers will beat the Bears. The Seahawks will win. They've already clinched the NFC West. They're going to be 12-4, and and then they got to pay attention to what's going on with the Saints because if they finish 12-4, and you got tiebreakers, and I can't remember if the Seahawks played the Saints this year, so... Uh, you know, you've got different situations going on. I don't think they did play this year, so there are tiebreakers and things involved. But the Seahawks will get to 12 and 4, and they're going to cover that 7. They'll win this by 10, 30 to 20. Saints take on the Panthers. New Orleans is a 6.5 point favorite. I think the Saints are going to win that by a touchdown, even though the Panthers, I think, will play decently. Well, Titans taking on the Texans. You know, I never pick heart and head. Titans favored by 7.5. And, and then finally on Sunday night, Washington football team takes on the Eagles. Now, I broke it down earlier. I said the Cowboys would beat the Giants. I think the Eagles upset the Washington football team, and I hate to say it, the Cowboys are getting in as the NFC East winner in Mike McCarthy's first year. Washington's fair by three and a half, but I'm taking the Eagles to win, and I'll lay those three and a half points, baby. And that is week 17 predictions straight up and against the spread. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access, and it's time for Drew Doherty to hop on by with Drew's Dozen and the final word with Drew Doherty. That's all next on Texans All Access. 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 We got one final segment of this Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio mobile version. For the last time on a Friday this season, I am your host, John Harris, the Blindness at Silent Reporter, and it's time for Drew Doherty to take over. We got two things to do. We got Drew's Dozen and final word with Drew Doherty. And we kick it off with Drew's Dozen with Roderick Johnson. Well, this is fun because not often do we get repeat performances for a Drew's Dozen. And Roderick Johnson is coming for his second go-round in this Q&A. It's great to see you, Roderick. I hope you're doing great. The last time you and I did this, it was a year ago before the 2019 season started. So since it's been over a year, actually, we're going to get things going with, if you were an animal, which animal would you choose to be? Let's do rabbit. I'll, I'll be an elephant. An elephant? How come? I don't know. I just, there's 
just their big and dominance, but they're, 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 they're still sweet too. They are brilliant, brilliant animals too. I mean, I guess because the brain's so big, right? Very brilliant animals. That's a great word to use. Brilliant animals. So an elephant would be the choice. Okay. Switching gears. Who is your funniest teammate? Titus Howard. Titus Howard. I've heard that before. Why don't you explain why? How come? I don't know. It's just the way – it's not what he says. It's how he says it and all kinds of things. But it's just his personality. He's such a funny guy. He's a funny, funny human being. You see, I can't even say his name without a straight face. Yeah, I, 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 could, I could see that. He's also one of the best interviews. So there's, there's always a fun time when we – as are you. But uh, it's always a fun guy to talk with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going to have – unfortunately, there's no playoffs this year. You're going to have a little bit of free time, though. That's a nice thing. What are you going to do over the next few weeks with that free time, Roger? Oh, nothing. Relax, recover, probably hang out with family and friends, really. Okay, you're going to max and relax. That's good stuff. What is the grossest food, in your opinion? Beets. Beets? Can't eat beets. You would not be buddies with Dwight Schrute from The Office, would you? Can't do beets. And, you know, we have beet juice going around here as, as nutrition and performance. You can, I pass. Yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't drink, drink beet juice either. I'm not into that. Do you watch The Office? Have you ever watched The Office, that show? I, I'm, I'm quite familiar with it. I'm not as fond as you about it, but I've seen a couple of episodes. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Let's say you win a game at NRG Stadium on a Sunday. It's a noon game. Afterwards, what's the perfect post-game meal? You can't go wrong with a good burger after a game. It really yeah. doesn't matter from where, but a good burger. A good burger would always do the job. And what do you put on that Maybe good burger? barbecue, too. This, this is a multi-answer question. Okay. I like the bur good burger and a good barbecue. A good pork beef rib or something like that, too. Beef ribs, huh? What are the sides when you get, get the beef ribs? Uh, baked beans. mac. you got to have a whole spill. Baked beans, macaroni, maybe a little collard greens. And sometimes you got to get a peach cobbler to end it off. Man, I ate a chicken Caesar salad for lunch, and that thing is I'm, not I'm feeling sorry I'm to hungry hear that. now. You just made me hungry. but I'm so sorry to hear that. That's all right, Rod. I'm not mad at you. Pre-game music. What are a few songs that, that you listen to? Are, is there a set list? Does it vary? What's it like when you're getting ready for a game music? It's very not really sad, but it's kind of upbeat, you know, hip-hop, R&B, but definitely like Future and Meek Mill and artists like those for sure on my, on my, on my ears. Okay, so you're not like Laramie Tunsil. You don't play Sade pregame. Okay. Oh, no, no. I have to save Sade for after the game. <laughs> to call I to bring you down, huh? Yes, I save Sade for after the game. The quiet storm is a post game. Mm -hmm. There you go. You grew up in St. Louis. So let's say you got to drive home to St. Louis, but you've got to go home with three teammates for that journey. That's a long drive. Which three Texans are road tripping with you? Well, this, this shouldn't be too hard of a – a job. I'll take Brennan Scarlett. Scarlett, okay. I will take. I'll take LT. All right. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know about that last one. Stumped you, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's too many good people. Too Maybe many if I had a bus, it'd be easier. I got you. I got you. You don't want to leave anybody out. For I mean, I did. I left a lot of guys out. So. But Scarlett and Tunsil, good choices there. Yeah. They're, they're just go with those three. Those two. Unique individuals. Yeah. There you go. Planet that you'd most like to visit? Why not go to Mars? Okay, how come? I don't know. I'm not too fond about Venus or Uranus or anything, but I like just Mars. There may be some stuff going on Mars already that we don't know about. Hey, and if it's not already, it's going to be soon, right? I mean, that seems, soon. seems like it's trending that way. So. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay, what would your career be if you were not playing football right now? 
I don't know. I tell the guys around here that I could be a I could be a security guard, be a Walmart greeter. Yeah. I could I could be a security guard at high school or anything like that. Something like that for sure. Okay, let's give me your give me your best Walmart greeter. Say I walk in, what would you say? Sir, where's your mask? <laughs> That's a go. I'm not wearing a mask, but I'm in my office. There's no one around and the door's closed. So I would I would be masked up properly. That would, that would be my Walmart greeting. That's good. That's good. You're enforcing safety. I like that, Roderick. What's the app that you wish you could delete from your phone, but you just can't? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm team Twitter. You're team Twitter? Yeah. That's a good one. Twitter, Twitter's always a good laugh. Never disappoints me. Yeah, and it's like a news feed too. Kind of yeah. Keeps you, keeps you go, knowing what's going on in the world. Football aside, what do you most like being complimented on? What part of your personality, your skills, your trip – what do you most like being complimented on? I, think, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I find it funny, or I like when people always say they always see me with a smile on my face. I like that for sure. I like that. And bring, yeah. Bring, bring, I bring the joy to other people, so hopefully it's contagious. What was your favorite, or who was your favorite solo artist or group musically when you were growing up, when you were a little kid? Back then, I, I was a, Wale, a big Wale fan. I still am, too, though. I like Wale. Wale. All right. Well, Roderick, we've missed seeing you on a regular basis saying hello. COVID has uh, knocked that out, but hey, man, it's great to be with you on this. Best of luck this Sunday. Best of luck in the offseason, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Sound good? Always good to see you, Drew. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Roderick. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well, Rod. And here's the thing about Rod. I noticed this, or I thought about this um, when I was doing my keys to the game. When Rod's been in the game, there have not been a lot of sacks given up. Now, he will admit I will admit, has been perfect, but Sean Watson is not taking a lot of sacks when Roderick Johnson's in the football game. And the Texans, when Rod Johnson's in the football game last week against the Bengals, ran the ball very, very well. Now, it didn't really happen in the Patriots game when Rod played left tackle, but when he's playing right tackle, now he moved over to the left when Laramie got hurt, but Rod Johnson in the game, there's some good things happening. All right, let's get another Drew Doherty segment in here called Drew's Final Word. I do this every single Friday, and Friday starts with F, final starts with F, and so I kind of felt it went together, and I told Drew, I was like, all right, you know what, I'm going to take your pregame interview, and I'm going to make that Drew's Final Word. So, this week, Drew's Final Word is with Roger Johnson. That's right. A little double dip of Rod here to finish up the show. Thank you so much. We've got offensive linemen Roderick Johnson with us. And Roderick, you have started at left tackle. You have started at right tackle. You have had to be versatile, and that's one of your hallmarks. What is this opportunity like for you on Sunday? Well, you know, just really just to build on my resume, what I've put out so far, just an opportunity to get a good film of playing tackle, and that's what I have to do, help myself and help the team win, most importantly. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson has always spoken very highly of you and your skill set, what you can do. What's it like when you hear those words? Because I imagine when he says it publicly, you've already heard it from him as well, right? Right, right. I mean, it means a lot coming from the magician himself. But <laughs> just to make sure, just to know he trusts me and to protect his blind side, it, it builds my confidence to know that I got a magician back there and he will make things happen. So it's just good to know that we can both make things happen and trust and believe in each other. You know, for the most part this season, the run game has been a bit of a struggle, but that was not the case last Sunday. What was different about the run game, and how do you move that forward and keep that up this Sunday against the Titans? You know, just the line, five playing as one. Big, big shout-out to David Johnson 
running hard and running through defenders and over. So, you know, it's just not only the offensive line, but it's just the 11 guys playing as one sound technique football. And that's what we have to carry over. Tell me about this Titans front seven. What's the biggest challenge there with them? Oh, it's a lot of big challenges. Their physicality, their, their, their discipline, and their technique and all the things they do is going to bring a big challenge to us. And, and we know that we got to bring our A game because the Titans are coming to town. I think you sort of overlapped just a little bit maybe with Mike Vrabel and, and Shane Bowen and some of those coaches. Maybe you missed them by a little bit. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm hazy on my memory there. But what do you see, I guess, mentality-wise filtering down from those guys into this defense? Oh, I mean, the guys, they're, they're big in the front seven. You know, I know Vrabel did some time here, and I know he's a big defensive line. The guys in the front seven are going to come hard with stunts and blitzes, and they're going to come with war rushers and things like that. So it's up to us to protect and hold against them. What have you noticed about division games when you guys take on an AFC South opponent? How rugged is it? It's very rugged. I mean, it's, it's good to play them twice a year because you kind of pick up on their tendencies and things like that. But, you know, you, you're always not the same. There are always going to be changes and things. So you can't be complacent. And, you know, that's what we're going to try to do is just win us the game. Yeah, you, you always want to win every game. How sweet would it be and how important is it to close out 2020 with a victory? I mean, words don't need to be said about that, how, how important it is to win the last game. It's just really just the Texas with us, my team, and us going out there and doing it. Let's talk fashion real quick. You guys are wearing all blues. You like that? What's your favorite like uh, uniform combo when you guys take the field? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against the all blue color rush. I'm a fan. Okay, so you're an offensive lineman. You like the slimming look of the dark colors. Yes, 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 yes. All right, Roderick Johnson, best of luck Sunday, best of luck in the future. Hope you have a very happy new year, and we will see you again very, very soon. Thanks for having me, Drew. Oh, yeah, that man, the consummate professional, hanging around to do Drew's dozen and to do the final word. And that's kind of tough on a player. Hey, look, we're going to ask these goofy questions, but then also we're going to get serious and we're going to do this. But players handled it very well, and Rod Johnson handled it extremely well as we would hope and we would expect. He is a top-notch professional, and here's hoping that he's back in 2021. Look, we have an idea that Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard will be the tackles here for a long time, but Rod Johnson's shown this year that he is vital to this organization, the ability to play left or right and do some good things when he is on the field so hopefully Rod can come back to the Texans and continue this journey with the Texans, a team that put a lot of work into Rod as much as Rod put in the work. They got that out of him in the play that he's given, and hopefully Sunday will just be another feather in his cap. All right, a big thanks to a lot of people for tonight's show. DP Sidhu uh, caught up with Keon Crossin, so big thanks to them, to Romeo Cornell, to Mark Vandermeer, to Drew Doherty, to Rod Johnson. To everybody back at Sports Radio 610 for all their help with our Friday All Access shows. As I've said numerous times tonight, this is the last Friday All Access of the 2020 football season. It's the first All Access, Friday All Access. Actually, it's the first All Access of 2021. But we take a break up and through the Super Bowl. And then after the Super Bowl, we get back on our All Access shows from 6 to 7. So our 6 to 8 hours don't start up until the season Uh, But it's been seven years of doing this, and it's absolutely been a joy because you guys listen and you give us the support, and we thank you so very much for all of that. Sunday's kick, remember, is 325. It's actually better that way than the other way around. If we had a 325 game and that got moved up to noon, you might show up a little bit late. 
yeah, this one, there's no excuse. It's last one of the year. Go on, get in the building, have some fun. Weather looks like it's going to be great. Roof should be open. Let's enjoy this final one against the Titans. Uh, and then we'll look forward together to a great 2021 and beyond. I can't thank you enough. I think I've already done that. So I'm going to cut it there. See you guys on Sunday. And as always, go Texans. Always go Texans. Always go. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Apache Corporation. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation help power cleaner electricity, enable access to food, education, and healthcare, and connect us to those we love. We are committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. That's ApacheCorp.com. Now here's the show.